Well, I'm going to talk this morning about a couple of things. Waiting and being quiet. Neither of which I'm a huge fan of or very good at. And how about you? Are you good at waiting? I've actually never seen waiting on a list of personal strengths. I've never heard anyone talk about waiting when asked at a job interview what they're really good at. And how about being quiet? We have an almost two-year-old granddaughter in our family. And unless she's asleep or eating, it's not so quiet. What she's getting really good at is noise, laughing, dancing, talking, screaming, jumping, singing, crying, dropping, throwing, and banging things around. Well, let me show you. Let's watch this. Well, that's Eleanor, and she's learning how to get attention. You don't wait, you make some noise. And that's actually what worldly wisdom teaches us. Don't wait, make something happen now, and make some noise. Last week, Carla taught that godly wisdom is to know that from deep darkness comes new life. Nature tells us that story. As the days shorten, we know that there will be more light someday soon. The sun, S-U-N, will spend more time with us again each day. And God tells us that too in the Bible. Even though the day may be dark and we are feeling alone and lost, darkness is not dark to God. When all we are left with is to wait quietly, God is still at work. So to help us think about this, I want you to be quiet and listen to the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth and some of the things that happened before the very first Christmas when the Son, S-O-N, of God came into the world. The very first Christmas happened during a dark time in the life of Israel and in the life of an elderly couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth. For Israel, it was a dark time because it had been roughly 400 years since God had spoken to his people. No prophets, no visions, no dreams, no judges, no Jewish kings or military leaders, no books of the Bible written, and no prayers for a Messiah answered. The Jews may have felt abandoned by God. Was he even listening to them anymore? 
For 700 years, Israel had been occupied by foreign rulers, first the Persians and the Greeks and then the Romans. And it was King Herod, not God, who was in charge and in control. King Herod had filled the Jewish temple up with idols. And Herod's name was more feared by the Jews than God's. This was a dark time of waiting. And God was silent. We know what that's like, waiting on God for a paycheck, for a spouse, for a baby, for retirement, for a doctor's appointment or results on a COVID test or a biopsy, for a child to call or come home, for, for the arguments to stop, for school to go back to normal, for the pandemic to end for racial reconciliation, for a new and better year. And through it all, your waiting has turned into more and more anxious prayers until there's nothing left to say or do. God's people had waited. That doesn't mean that God wasn't at work preparing for the coming of the Messiah. But the people felt like God had abandoned them. But now, as we know, God was about to intervene in their lives in a way that would give them permanent, lasting hope. And God would announce the source of that hope in an unexpected way by sending his angel to an old priest who had experienced his own darkness in his life because he and his wife were childless. So let's pick up the story in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Names are important in the Bible. And this is one of those times where the names of the people involved in the story foreshadow what God is about to do in their lives. Zechariah means God remembers. And we're about to see that even though Zechariah may feel like God had forgotten him, exactly the opposite is true. God remembers Zechariah, and he remembers his people. Elizabeth means God is my oath. And God is about to make an oath, a promise that's going to bring great light to dispel both the darkness that Zechariah and Elizabeth are living in and the darkness that Israel experienced as a people. Zechariah and Elizabeth come from priestly families, which means that they had dedicated their lives to pleasing God. And yet, in spite of that, there's a deep sadness in their lives because they couldn't have children. This is just one of the places in the Bible where we discover that following God doesn't guarantee 
that we won't experience pain and disappointment and difficulties in our life. But God is about to do something miraculous that would overcome the waiting and darkness they'd lived in for so long. So let's continue. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the customs of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So there were 24 divisions that served the temple on a rotating basis. Each division served twice a year, and, and they traveled from their homes to Jerusalem to serve those who were worshiping and sacrificing in the temple. There may have been as many as 20,000 priests in those 24 divisions. So each division had about 1,000 priests. One of the most significant duties the priests performed during their service was the burning of incense inside the holy place in the temple twice a day. And that responsibility was assigned by drawing lots, like, like drawing a name out of a hat to see which of the hundreds of priests got to perform this, this important duty. And that day, Zechariah got picked. So while the people were praying in the temple outside the holy place, Zechariah went in to burn incense. Now, we can't be sure, but it's quite likely that this was the one and only time that Zechariah would ever be chosen for this honor. So I'd imagine that he was uh, pretty excited, but I doubt he could have ever imagined what God was about to do in his life. So verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zachariah's experience of having an angel appear before him is actually pretty consistent with what happens to Joseph and Mary several months later. Seeing an angel was, it was a terrifying experience. So in each of those cases, the first words the angel says are, don't be afraid. And the angel has good news for Zachariah. God has remembered him and is about to answer his prayers. They're going to have a child, and, and not just any child, because he's going to prepare the way for Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah. This is also good news for God's people. Think about it. Nothing for over 400 years. 
And when God speaks again, he chooses Zechariah to be the first person to whom he reveals the coming of Jesus. Zechariah and Elizabeth must have been praying for a child for so long. And now, when there's no way that their prayer should be answered, it is. Does it always happen like that? No, it doesn't. Sometimes prayers go unanswered, and we don't know why. But sometimes God waits until there's no way that the answer can be explained other than to say, God did it. This is a story of God at work. Now, you'd think that a meeting with an angel would pretty much guarantee a positive, joy-filled response, but that's not exactly how it works with Zechariah. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And look at how the angel reacts to his doubts. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. God gives Zechariah a really big time out here. I mean, if you're a parent, you know, you probably put your kids in time out for what? Five minutes or maybe five hours. But Zechariah gets a nine-month time out as a result of his doubts. And is it only me, or does that seem just a little bit excessive? I mean, all, all Zechariah says is, did you notice how old we are? I mean, how's this going to work? And he gets nine months of silence. Why? I'm not sure. Only God sees into Zechariah's heart. And Zechariah should know better. He's one of the good guys, a devoted follower of God. He knows the scriptures. He knows the story of Abraham and Sarah when an angel visited them and promised they'd have a child in their old age. He knows what God says in Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. When Zechariah comes outside from the holy place, it's obvious to everyone that something weird just happened. It says, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. So after offering incense in the temple, the priest comes out, and then he stands on the steps, and he prays for the people. 
It's all very, very orderly and predictable. The same thing happens every time. Nothing changes. So the people are outside. They're on edge. What's going on? And then when Zechariah finally comes out, there's this big sigh of relief from the crowd. But that relief is quickly followed by a collective gasp when they realize Zechariah can't speak. Why? So Zechariah plays charades, I guess, with the crowd a little bit, trying to explain what happened. I mean, what did that even look like? And then imagine what it's like when Zechariah goes home and he tries to explain to Elizabeth what happened. Although Zechariah had his doubts, God fulfills his promise. For the first five months of her pregnancy, Elizabeth keeps to herself. But at the end of those five months, Elizabeth's relative, Mary, comes to visit her. And Elizabeth learns of another miraculous conception that's going to result in the Messiah coming into the world. Mary stays for another three months, and then she goes back home. And isn't it amazing and beautiful that God chose two women from the same family to bring good news into the world? Shortly after that, Elizabeth's baby is born. And eight days, days later, they brought the baby boy to the temple to be circumcised. Now, the expectation then was that he'd be named after his father, Zechariah. But Elizabeth said this. No, he is to be called John. And they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. Something changes in Zachariah's heart over the nine months of his wife's pregnancy and his verbal quarantine. His doubts give way to trust in God and hope in God's promises. And just as the angel instructed him, much to the surprise of everyone, Zechariah made sure that his baby was named John, who would one day baptize Jesus in the Jordan River. Remember, remember what I said about the significance of names? Uh, Zachariah means God remembers. Elizabeth means God is my oath. Well, the name John was also significant because it means God has been gracious. What an appropriate name for both Zachariah and Elizabeth and, and for the entire world. The birth of John was proof that God is gracious to his people by putting into motion the plan to bring Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah into the world. And this event makes a big impression 
All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. God is up to something good. God's people who had waited in darkness for so long were suddenly able to see the the presence of God right in front of him. This couple who had lived in sadness for their entire marriage, wondering if God would ever bless them, find hope and joy in this man. Silent Zachariah, who was filled with fear and doubt when a messenger from God brought him good news, now speaks with confident faith. Maybe today you feel a bit like an old childless childless couple named Zachariah and Elizabeth or even like the entire nation of Israel. Maybe you feel like God has forgotten you or, or that he no longer cares about you. You're living in darkness. You're waiting. You have fears, doubts, and questions. You're living in silence because there are are no more words to say or prayers to pray. If you're experiencing that kind of hopelessness in your life, this story reminds us that there's good news for you. There's hope. Regardless of your situation, God is for you and God is with you in spite of the waiting. The story of Jesus begins with Zechariah. God remembers. It begins with Elizabeth. God is my oath. And it begins with the birth of John. God has been gracious They remind us that from the very beginning, God has been telling a story that brings hope to a dark world, to those who are willing to trust him and to follow Jesus no matter what their situation may look like. The story of Zechariah and Elizabeth reminds us that when it seems like God has forgotten, God remembers. It reminds us that God is faithful. He keeps his promises. It reminds us that God is gracious. He can be trusted. Waiting is hard work. Being quiet, whether it's by choice or when it's forced on us, is hard work. It may be some of the hardest work that we have to do, but there's great wisdom in waiting and being still. Because when we don't, the fears, the doubts, the worries creep in and fill our hearts and our minds with darkness. I want to invite the band up to get uh, ready for this next song. You know, nine months ago, we began our journey into this pandemic, and it's been hard. We've waited. Many of us have been forced into isolation, not able to be with those people that we care about and that we love so much. Nine months, Zachariah waited in silence for the promised birth of his son, John, the man who would prepare the way for Jesus. And, that, and in that waiting, 
he found his faith and ability to trust God again, there's wisdom in waiting. So I encourage you as we approach the celebration of the birth of Jesus this year, wait patiently, be quiet, look and listen for what God is up to. He's there waiting for you. The band's going to share a beautiful song called Seasons that speaks to waiting patiently in God's promises and presence. So let's listen.
invite you to pray with me. Father, much of our waiting is not by our own choosing. Something happens or it doesn't happen and, and we're left to wait. We experience silence. Sometimes it's not our doing, but then sometimes it's a result of our fears and doubts, just like Zechariah. Help us to see the wisdom in waiting to do so quietly, not to give in to the temptation to fill, fill in the space with, space with so much noise and doing. Help us to simply be faithful and to trust in you, our God, who sent your son Jesus to be a bright light in the darkness of our lives.